is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey, folks. Welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years' experience in the Maryland and Southern Pennsylvania region. And happy summer to everybody. I just heard the weather. If you know, it's 90s. We got a little bit more time of that, but uh, it's all good. Hope you guys are enjoying your summer out there. Thanks so much for tuning in each and every week. We want to just let everybody know to uh, make sure we're on the podcast now and all that, Spotify and everything. I'm getting those uploaded little by little. We'll get them done. But you can go on the WFMD site or mine on Darren Ahern uh, at um, e, uh, uh, DarrenAaron.com. Yes, that's it. My site. You can go in the drop down every week. We have this, the programs on there as well. So we're always here. You can check me on Facebook Live as we're on now. Put your comments and things like that as well. So, all right. And the man, the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage, I believe he is in Mexico. Terry, are you there? I am here. How are you? All righty. Good to hear from you down there in Mexico. What's happening on the other side of the border over there? Well, uh, I'm down here for, um, Mary Susan and I are down here for uh, our niece, Casey McDaniel, is getting married to uh, to a great guy, Mark Joe, and I'm actually the officiant. So, um, came down to Cancun on Thursday and heading back on Monday. All right, down in Mexico, nothing like being in Cancun. Very Cancun. hot. Very, very hot. There you go, south of the border. All righty. Hope you brought your suntan lotion and all that good stuff, or your you know sunblocks and everything else down there, right? Yes, sir. All right. Let's get right into it about the mortgage world. What is happening? Lots of stuff this week. Go ahead. Well, you know the big thing is always the focus on interest rates, right? And I've said on the show many, many times that there's so many things that factor it, but really the three big things that factor interest rates or, or volatility and movement in interest rates the most is the unemployment rate, which always comes out the first Friday of every month. And then the f- next week is followed by the CPI, Consumer Price Index. And then that's followed right behind the next day with the Producer Price Index, okay? <laughs> and those three things, you know, really set the tone for the month on what's going to happen with interest rates, in my opinion. But before those numbers could come out on Friday, basically interest rates shot up again. So I talked about being at a 20-year high for interest rates. It actually shot up to a 23-year high, and it went you know, back to the seven and a quarter range. We did see a recovery yesterday. Why did we see that recovery? That's the big question. People are saying, well, what's going on? Unemployment comes out, right? So, as if you were, if you saw it, basically unemployment went from 3.6 down to 3.5 percent. That use that is a great number, okay? That usually is a sign that the interest rates are going to go up a little bit more. But here's what happened, okay? When that number came out, other numbers that have come out show that we may have what's called a soft landing to this inflation issue, okay? I've talked about it where the Fed just tries to push push unemployment up by raising rates. That has not happened, okay? And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. They can keep pushing the rates up, 
but the unemployment rate is very, very strong at 3.5%. So let's take a look at a couple of things. Here's the good news. Wages are now outpacing inflation. So the average person is making 4.4% more this year than they did last year, and inflation has dropped down to 3% year over year. So from last July to this July, basically we only saw prices go up by 3%. Pay went up 4.4%. So that's indicating that we could possibly have a soft landing. One of the things is that's helping it out, Darren, that they probably weren't anticipating is the workforce is actually growing, which is good news. What that allows the economy to do is the economy can expand without any upward pressure on inflation. So this is the news that we were kind of, weren't totally expecting, but kind of hoping for, if that makes sense. And so what we're going to see is I believe that the numbers next week for the CPI Thursday and PPI on Friday, big, big numbers, that's going to tell us where inflation is heading. And if we can see it come down or stay steady, at the 3% kind of level or come down a little more, then we're going to see rates uh, start to come down a little bit. So that's kind of what we're taking a look at. The 10-year Treasury is up over 4%, and it's now starting to come back down. It's almost at 4%, and that kind of determines where our rates are going. So big numbers, CPI, PPI next Thursday, Friday. We will know a lot more what's going on when we get together next Saturday. All righty. Good information. Good stuff. There you have it. Yeah, I've been definitely wondering. I posted this morning. I said, holy cow, rates got up to like 7.2 or whatever. And then all of a sudden today, it was just above 7. And I'm thinking, what in the world happened overnight? It seems like weird stuff happens when we're in our sleep, right? <laughs> so, all right, yeah. let's get into well, some one, numbers. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. One thing that happened is, and, and if you guys remember uh, when I talked about the last time that rates surged so so fast is because ADP comes out a couple of days early from the jobs number, and they give their prediction of what the jobs number is going to be, and their prediction was off again. So, so they basically uh, caused some turmoil, and um, volatility is a very strong word, and that signals what we've been going on with the market. So I think Forget what ADP says. Just go to the hard numbers. Look at the first Friday of every month and, and, and go from there. Gotcha, gotcha. So, all right, let's get into some numbers, Terry. Total active homes for sale in the entire county. We just can't break 300. We're at 277. Resales, 160. And the average time on the market is roughly about 32 days to 37 days, depending on some price points and things like that. Median average is 550. New construction, 117. We have 44 coming soons. And uh, so that's about relative to what I thought we'd be at this time of the year. I think we'll pretty much stay there um, possibly until it may even get on a little bit until January, February and starting to get up to the spring market. Pending under contracts, $499. Brand new builds, 204 under contract right now. And of course, that is still very, very hot because once you have what well, we continue with, absolutely almost no um, resale homes for sale relative to the buyer demand right now. You know, the bottom line is uh, with giving closing costs, buy downs and all these other things that all these preferred lenders are really giving right now with the new home construction world, we're seeing, um, you know, 
people take the bait. So, hey, I just talked to a past client of mine up in Pennsylvania, Amberbrook. Um, they had bought, I helped them uh, just over a year ago, year and a half ago, buy a brand new build. Base prices were like in the 425 or whatever range. And all that. We just talked this morning, Terry, and she had just informed me there are now five builders in that community. D.O. Horton and this other builder came in and, you know, it's like competition to the max. And you'd be thinking like base prices would be holding steady or barely going up and stuff like that. They said, believe it or not, the, the unit that they built, the model doesn't exist anymore, but with some others that are hybrids and a little bit like it, they said they're starting to get up. Uh, they're almost eighty dollars to $100,000 more in just a year and a half in base prices alone. That blows my head off. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me, you know? So I looked up all the data this morning for and sent it out in an email of, like, everything that has sold in the entire community from start till, like, last week. And you got homes up there selling for $900,000. This is a 55 and older retirement community. I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot of 55 and olders that are just throwing down eight and $900,000 for, yeah, let's downsize, honey. Let's just throw eight hundred grand on the table. Unbelievable, boys and girls. You can't make this up. If I'm going to throw $800,000 down for my retirement golden age home, I need to be in Clearwater, Florida, Key West, White Sand, Emerald Green, water, take it to the bank. That's what I'm talking about, boys and girls. All right, so here's the deal. I can't be looking at trees and bears anymore. All right, here's the deal. Pending on the contracts, 499 204 rebuilds, 295 resales. Average time of the resales is 16 days in the market. That is climbing a little bit on those. I can tell you, I knew that was going to happen. Sold in the last 30 days was 356 with an average time of 14 days in the market. That is also going up just a little bit. And the average medium price um, home is 569 for a single family, which is at an all-time, pretty much an all-time high. And with all these new build prices, that's what's really doing a lot of that. And that puts us at 101.4%, the sold-to-list price ratio. So, all right, Terry, I'm going to read an article. This just came out hot and uh, brand new from Keeping Current Matters. They get a, they're get one of the best data sources, just like kind of like HomeLogic and all these others. Um, uh, housing forecast for the rest of 2023. I post, posted this on my website. Make sure you guys click on that. Ring the bell. The whole nine yards will get all the updated things when I post all those. Um, the, this says home prices will vary by local market. The good news is prices are already re-appreciating um, again a little bit in some areas, which we've known that's been bouncing around. And of course, national, this is national news like that. The latest forecast from each of the equity entities, the average of all. Fannie says that we're going to end up at 3.9% appreciation across the country for this year. Terry, you'll like this. Mortgage Bankers Associates, I think that's them, MBA says zero, flat. NAR, National Associated Realtors, that's us, members of that, says, ooh, we're going to be down 0.04%. And Realtor.com sends 0.6% down. And so the averages across all the boards says up 0.7%, so just less than 1% appreciation home price gains across the board. Now, we are in the D.C., Del Mar, you know, the D.C. metropolitan region. We always fare a little bit better than a lot of the other 
other places across the country. So I love it when we have, um, I love the comments, bring them on my phone. Um, yep, we're doing great, Jeremy. And uh, the information from Barry Habit, 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 H-A-B-I-B, from MSG Highway out this week. And they're going to have some information. So share that with me what that is. Mortgage rates, here's where it is. So my thing about Frederick, we were on pace, by the way, I have it in my notes. Um, we were up like 5%. We were doing really, really good. We were on good track. And then all of a sudden, it seems like the interest rates and demand a little bit in some areas took a little bit of that um, appreciation out for now. So we're kind of at maybe 1% to 2% instead of 5 or 6 We'll see. I still think we're going to be in the positive for the most part. 350 and under price ranges will definitely be in the positive. It's going to take a catastrophic event to have those lose value this year. Uh, 350 to 650 is going to be a little weird. And then 650 and above, yeah, we could probably see 1% or 2% or more uh, depreciation of values. There again, it depends on where you are condition, a lot of factors are going to really play into that um, as well. So mortgage rates, this is where Terry mortgage rates, it says for the rest of the year, it depends on inflation right now. I just looked up this morning. One of the sources said 2.97%. And last month it was 4.05. In the last 10-year average, it's been 3.28. And the next five-year projection is 3%. So for mortgage rate projections, uh, Fannie says 6.80 in the third quarter. And in the fourth quarter coming up this year, by the time Santa Claus arrives, it will be 6.6%. MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association, says 6.6 down to 5.9. Wow, we like them, guys. Let's go, mortgage bankers. They want to get us under 6% by the time Santa comes. NAR, National Association of Realtors, says down to 6.5. And by the end of the year, 6.3. But all the averages together says by the end of third quarter, we'll be into 6.63. And by the end of the year, 6.27. Terry, I want to get your I want to get your comments. Do you think that rate projections, we could be hovering at like six and a quarter percent by the time Santa Claus comes? I think that is definitely possible. Um, I, I definitely think it is possible. I think the one thing that we have to do, uh, or the one thing that the Fed has to do, They've got to not – I don't think that they can continue to jack rates up, okay? It just doesn't make sense to me uh, because they're putting the other banks in jeopardy of having the same problems that we've had. So maintain the rates, keep the rates, see how things are going. Welcome the soft landing that it looks like we're going to get, okay? And if the feds can do that, then the market will settle down. And right now, our pricing, our seven percent, seven and a quarter percent money, is higher than it should be. Okay, the 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 um, the investors are basically there's too much going on that they're going to give any money away or any cost breaks or things like that. And then think about it: if rates are going to be coming down, these investors don't want seven and a quarter percent on the books because they know that they're only going to have it for six, eight months. Right. So, so that's why the, that's why points are usually involved is because the investors don't want these on their books. So if rates go up, it's going to be hard to, to get decent financing. If that makes sense, if rates go up, the points are going to increase. And so what I think is going to happen, Darren, is I think that rates are going to come down I think by the end of the year, you know, 
the mortgage bankers, which is us. That's that's my organization, my association. We're saying, hey, we're going to be down to five point nine nine. We're going to be at six percent by January first. I think that's a little aggressive. I think we're going to be more in the six and a quarter, six point three seven five range, under six and a half, which is okay. It's great for today's rate, but it's still not where we want to be. And and next year at this time where we want to be well under 5%. So, yes, I I think we're going to see rates come down. We're just kind of running out of time here. But third week of August, rates usually come down for the fall. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Yeah, what are you seeing as far as um, mortgage applications right now? Uh, The same lull that we talked about last week, the vacation lull. Uh, I think that that's going to continue over the next couple of weeks. And people aren't really focusing on, you know, getting pre-qualified and all that. I think there's just that lull that we're seeing, um, and that's kind of what I'm feeling. But once September comes around, uh, kids are back at school, you know, I think we'll start to see the process increase a little bit. And, and rates, if rates start coming down, we'll see less demand because why is somebody going to buy something today when they know it's going to be on sale tomorrow? Exactly. But September's always been pretty good. I know that. We're in the law, like you said, but I think uh, this September we could definitely see more activity and such like that. So what am I seeing on the streets, Terry, as we have about eight or nine minutes left here? Um, yeah. Well, dealing with the house here, coming up to settle, and um, we have had uh, two failures, water failures. Yeah. And so it's really weird. As you know, Terry, VA loans, it requires typically a nitrate, bacteria, lead, the whole nine yards, like the full water test and everything like that. And what I learned is we were hoping to just shock a well. A UV light does not take out the nitrates like you think, huh? It does bacteria, chloroform, and all that. And so what happened is these homeowners that have been in this house, they're kind of like, it was kind of funny. I got to meet them. We were just at the property there the other day. And um, my the buyers, we've realized, like, wait a minute, um, based on, like, Fred Tom Labs and all the professionals, information and my buddy Tom Kroon who has what Maryland water quality um, and, and all them that have these water companies what we're finding is like um, when it comes to nitrates and all these things like that and lead and everything um, it's you just can't shock the well as also like that can help that may do it but the long-term thing is like the reverse osmosis system so here we are we're under contract um, they've already, my guys have already paid to put a UV light in that didn't work. And then they paid to put baffles in for the septic. So it's like one thing after another they're paying on. And a lot of people would say, well, whoa, whoa, they don't own the house yet. How in the world can they just, you can go into this seller's house under contract pending and make these repairs that are required lender repairs and such like that to pass to get their loan approved. Well, with the permission, the buyers are, of course, I haven't met a buyer yet. That's really not in favor of it because it's at the buyer's expense. And if the loan or something doesn't happen and the whole thing falls through, the buyer's already signed an addendum that we've made that basically says, this is at your risk, this is at your expense, and if for whatever reason, no matter what it is, you don't get the house and it doesn't settle, you cannot come back to the seller and say, hey, we want that money back, we want that reimbursed back, all that money we put out. 
doesn't work like that, okay? Especially under as-is conditions and things that have already been negotiated. And this is what separates real estate agents out there to be able to navigate and know what can you do, what can't you do, and how to come to agreements to make sure everybody walks away happy because that's the end of the goal. But, uh, but also, you know, there's a lot of risk involved. And I have heard crazy stories of people that didn't cover their tracks and do the right thing and have the right things in place legally so that there's understand everybody's on the same page with the same understanding. And then all of a sudden there's some disagreement later about something crazy. And that's where the lawsuits or that's when the, the, the um, complaints start to come and then everybody gets pulled into it. So the good news is this is uh, this week they're putting in a, what is known as a reverse osmosis system. And yeah, this has beautiful countertops, $650,000 home. It's gorgeous. You know, and so we to get permission. Hey, we're going to be like drilling holes into your counter now. Well, it's going to be my buyer's future home and they're going to go through with it. And the seller, they've signed off. They're agreeing to everything. But what was funny, Terry, is when we were at the house, the, the, the owners, they were kind of like, ah, We've been drinking what kind of water for how long now? We're really worried. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we're worried now. Thanks for doing all your testing, Mrs. Mr. Byers. Well, what they said is they've only been in the house three years, and they said, look, we did all these tests before. They were fine. What changed? I don't care. We don't know. We just know it changed. So um, it's good to put in. Guys, I just want to like really let everybody know, if you're not on public water and sewer, it's really, really important that you get all the right testing done and that you spend the money to put in a um, neutralizer, carbon tanks, water softeners, reverse osmosis, and then some. And yes, it costs a lot of money, but how much does your health cost you? So I just want to make that known. So we're working through all that stuff. And the good news is all the conditions otherwise have been met. The appraisal came back fine. Um, there were a couple little things that was like a handrail issue and things like that, which is normal. We see it to get done and it's easy. So, oh, one other thing, Terry, that most buyers don't know that their agent or the lender doesn't tell the buyers is in the event there's a reinspect that needs to be done. <laughs> there's a cost to that. The appraiser sometimes doesn't buy the pictures if you take pictures that it's been done, the work's fine, sign off on it, send it to your underwriter. Thank you very much. No, they have to physically come back down to the property. And I remember the days, Terry, it was like $100, and now it's upwards of $175 that the buyer has to pay for for this reinspection to get your loan approved. So, Terry, you want to make any comments about that? Well, yeah. I mean, the, the appraiser's not going to do it for free, Okay. And if it's not done properly, then the appraiser is going to have to go out a, another time. Now, here's what's changed in our industry over the last six, seven years is is if the lender does not disclose that that inspection, then the lender has to pay for it. So if they disclose the inspection, uh, so let's say uh, a new inspection has to be done the lender has to send out what's called a change of circumstance. And that change of circumstance means that the original fees and fees worksheets has been changed, and now they're letting the borrower know that, yes, um, within 72 hours we're going to let them know that they need to pay for another inspection. If it's not paid, then the lender has to pick that up. But the appraiser is not going to take somebody's word for it. They're not going to take pictures from somebody else. They have to go out because they're, they're, their reputation, their license, everything's on the line for them. 
if they lose their license, they're done. They're done. So I, I totally side with uh, the appraisers, and I know sometimes people go, this is ridiculous. But, you know, it's it's got to be done, and, and they got to protect their license. I agree. Um, the good news is I told my buyers this way, way long ago that all the um, – and it's in my buyer packet process, and that's online on my website. And so, yeah, they weren't like all that freaked out and terribly upset about it, but we do from time to time get someone that says, have you got to be kidding me? What do you mean? But, yeah, because of the, um, the, the, the things that are involved, there's no doubt about it. Who wants to lose their license over something silly, right? But it is important and all that good stuff like that. So, all right, we got about four minutes left, Terry. Seller strategy now. Now that rates are back at seven, seven and a half, like they're up higher, I've been saying for a long time, if you've listened in, strategy, strategy, strategy for sellers and buyers, this is where I come in with my 20 years experience, guys. All right, so here's the deal. I've been telling my sellers here that we cannot go back and look at the data of what your neighbor sold for um, three months or six months ago into a time uh, adjustment forward that it now would sell for higher based on time frame of appreciation adjustment. That's gone. That's completely gone. If anybody like wants to challenge me on that, have fun with that because it's not working now. It's just not a relevant thing. What's relevant is staying ahead of the eight ball in the curve. And that means even though, yes, we have buyer demand that's still pretty high in retrospect to the low um, inventory numbers, okay? Because if inventory, I've said it, if inventory was average at like 800 homes, the amount of buyer demand we have at 7% right now, we would be in trouble. Days on market would be double to triple. We would have values definitely have come down at least 5%, 10% in my opinion if we had eight or 900 homes on the market. Guarantee it. The only reason why that's not happening is simply because we have less than 200 homes that are reselling the market, 160 today, right? So that's what's driving a lot of that number for number thing that we get really granular with. But on the seller side, what I've said to them is this. You have got to probably be just a little bit below the last sold average competition or, or competition in place. So you You've got the sold ones that have sold in the last three to six months, and then you've got your competition that you're dealing with right now, which sometimes is only one home, but it's relevant based on condition, location, size, every little baby detail. I'm taking more time now, Terry, more than ever to dissect things before I go on listing appointments. Um, I'm taking at least 15, 20, 30 minutes extra to really double, triple check things like quadruple check. In fact, I've even gone to two of my colleagues who I love and trust so much at Remax that and I have said, hey, look, if you were listing this property, I want to get your two cents in on what do you think about this? Because that's how much we value working with each other to make sure we serve the public the best. So here's what we look at is if, if you do not have an offer in the first five days, you're in big trouble because we're seeing a lot more homes now, currently about 45% of properties, not selling under 30 days. And they're starting to give above, get above that average time on the market for their price point in their area. And what's happened is you had better reduce your value very quickly or you need to, on the front end, offer closing costs to a buyer. Or the biggest thing is we're seeing people take it off the market to deal with condition. Or my favorite, Terry, as we revisit, offer the buyer a 3-1 or 2-1 buy down, get their interest rates down for the next two to three years because what buyer is not going to like to see their mortgage payment to? three, four, five hundred dollars a month less for the first couple years. Who ain't gonna like that, right? So I'm gonna let you finish up. I think we have one minute left, Terry. Tell us your final thoughts on all that. Well I think I think that, you know, 
if rates continue to go up, that's the biggest thing that we're seeing. Now, if you do it buy down, I'm going to remind everybody what Darren's saying makes total sense. But the seller has to pay for the buy down. The seller has to pay for the buy down. The buyer cannot pay for the buy down. That's why we have not seen any buy downs as of yet, because it is still a seller's market. But yes, if you want to move your house and, and offer a buy down to help move it, I think that's a great idea. It's thinking outside the box. And I think that that's Perfect. Yeah, buy down is definitely better than reduce the price or give closing costs unless a buyer absolutely needs the money, closing costs more than the buy down because they can afford the mortgage still. Then in that regard, it um, makes sense like that. So next week, I'm going to be talking, Terry, a little bit more finishing up with this and then talking about buyer strategy. What are the main things buyers absolutely have to pay attention to to be in the best negotiating position in the seller's market still right now? Hey, guys, take care. Have a great weekend. Happy buying and selling. Terry, do not get sunburned. Keep the sand between your toes, and that's the only place. Take care now. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.